Welcome to the Yerdiwaze Front Page Podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Manager of Mental Health and Wellness at KSCS, Alana Kane, about the implementation of a waitlist for mental health services at KSCS. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Hey everyone, my name is Jordan Standup. I'm the assistant editor here at Yerdiwaze, and today I'm joined by a special guest in our studio, Alana Kane, who is the manager of mental health and wellness at KSCS. So welcome to the studio, Alana. Thanks. Thank you for having me. I invited you here today, so of course we could discuss the recent re-implementation of a waitlist at KSCS to access mental health services. So can you start by explaining how this the need to re-implement the waitlist came about? Yeah, so, you know, every day we look at the requests that that we get that come in at good times. <laughs> it's easy enough for us to assign uh, someone who made a request for services right away to either an in-house counselor or perhaps an outside service provider. Some people rather see someone out of town. So usually we're able to do that relatively quickly. We have pretty big teams, you know, um, but right now the, the request for services and when you really think about it, it's kind of a good problem to have in the sense that, right, we, we're trying to destigmatize, we're trying to tell people to ask for services, and clearly they're listening to us, which is fantastic, and they're feeling confident and they trust us at KSCS enough to, you know, call intake and, and make that request for services. With that, though, of course, right, it, it makes that there's a lot more requests I would say for a whole slew of reasons, like I said, perhaps the destigmatization, but also the pandemic, right, which is still kind of kind of with us. So, um, yeah. So when we start seeing that, ooh, we're not able, you know, to assign people quickly, rather because our internal service providers, so our support counselors, are full, right? So their their caseload is full, um, or because we're struggling with, you know, finding outside service providers who are also full. And that's the thing about it is obviously this is not a Gahnawage problem. This is a Quebec-wide problem, Canada, and, you know, perhaps worldwide problem about mental health right now services. There's a lot of requests and not necessarily enough people to, to answer that call, you know. Right. And I think one of the important messages here is that uh, nobody is being discouraged from from calling you're just being advised that you will be placed on on a wait list in the meantime. And so how does that process actually work if someone just decides like, hey, I think I want to speak to somebody though they is it as simple as picking up the phone and calling KSCS and starting the process? Yep, absolutely. And so, yes, as you mentioned, of course, right, I'm always I'm not going to lie. I'm always a little bit afraid of putting out that press release because I certainly don't want that to discourage people or for them to say, oh, geez, I knew it, you know, like, because I know it takes a lot of courage to, to make that first call. So it's not to discourage, it's just to be transparent, right? We don't want to be, you know, making false promises to the community. We want to be as open and honest as we can. And so it's just to say that indeed, when you do call, when you feel ready and you call our number and you ask for intake, you'll, that you'll be seen right away. There's, there's no question um, our intake process is really quick. And so you'll get a call right away you know, to, to schedule an intake. And then it's just after that, you know, kind of depending also, that's the thing is it also depends on what types of services that you're, you know, you're requiring. Some people call in or, or get a referral from their doctor and it's quite specific, right? And the, the, the service provider that'll be able to, you know, handle that case 
might be really specialized. And so like anything else, even if we're in the medical system or whatever, the more specialized the service, of course, the longer the the wait. But so what we do is, of course, we again, we see every single intake that comes in from the day before and we triage, right? Obviously, we're not going to make someone wait who is in, you know, real distress where there's a sense of crisis, where this person, you know, really can't function anymore. Obviously, we'll make sure that they get services really quickly. But for people who are kind of calling in saying, geez, it kind of hasn't been going well for a little while. I feel like it might be helpful to me to talk to someone. We definitely want you to, you know, to continue to call. There just might be a little bit of a wait before you can be matched with a with a counselor. Right. And I'm glad that you mentioned that there are plenty of services that are still available that continue like uh, the after hours response worker, like you were saying, that could be accessed by calling the the peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Really, when we think about it, our service at KSCS for intake is 24 hours. It looks a little bit different during the day than it does at night, but you can always access the after hours response worker. So just by calling, as you said, the peacekeepers who, you know, they don't ask you at all, any kind of, just in case that's a deterrent for people, they don't ask you your name or anything like that. They just want to know if, if that's the service that you need. And so it's transferred to the after hours response. And yes, and they get a lot of calls sometimes of people who kind of just need to talk in the moment, right? They might not have anyone available and they just kind of want to get things out of their head. And at the same time, they can actually take a request for services, you know, just in case, I don't know, you're a you're a really busy person during the day. And, you know, this is when you got the courage, like I said, to call. Well, call during the night. It's okay. That That's what that service is there for too, you know. Right. So when the uh, wait list was announced once again by, by KSCS, uh, you guys also offered plenty of uh, additional resources for people who, you know, if they're not necessarily on the waiting list yet, or if they're still not sure about how they want to go about accessing services. So could you tell me a little bit about the uh, additional resources that we have that are close by to the community? Yeah, well, so firstly, what what I didn't release necessarily in, in, in the PSA, um, but I want Uh, you know, the community to know about is obviously we also have lots of groups that are often running and they run pretty continuously during the year. You know, there might be a little bit of of a break here and there uh, from when a group ends and when begins. But uh, we have, you know, um, a group starting back up in March um, for family members of people who, you know, their family member might be struggling with substance misuse or maybe a mental health problem. And the response that we've gotten back from the people who are in that group is that it's really really helpful to them. They even kept going, even when the group kind of ended for the Christmas period, the group kept meeting, <laughs> like just themselves to to keep that peer support, right? Because it's always helpful. We always feel so alone when we're going through these things. And we think we're the only person in the whole wide world who's experiencing these things. But to be with other you know, people who are like, no, me too. Like, that's what I'm experiencing. It can be really helpful, can remove a lot of the shame too. So, um, so we have a group for, for that. We also have a really successful grief group that is running at the Family Wellness Center. Right now, they're right in the middle like of a, of a session. So you you wouldn't necessarily be able to join right this moment, but they always start those again. And I know that again, that's been really helpful because of course, I think part of why we're also seeing an intake in services because there's so much, there's been so much loss in the community over the last, you know, few months, especially. So, so people are really looking for an outlet to express themselves about that. So the grief group is going. We also had a group for elders that happened in the fall and people love like that. I'm telling you those elders loved it they came there was a meal they could chat with each other they could you know talk about what they want to see and so they found that really we even had a wait list 
for that one. So I was, I was impressed by that. And then we also, the family wellness center often open, uh, opens a woman's group and a men's group. So it is a, a therapeutic group just to, again, be able to discuss issues that are, are going on with you. So there's that. And then of course, like we put in the actual PSA, there's, you know, like kids help phone, which is really helpful um, because it's a texting service. And so a lot of youth find that helpful, right? They don't actually have to, because a lot of them, I don't even know if they make calls. So it's like a text is a lot really helpful. And then the hope for wellness, which is nice about that one, um, is that it's for indigenous people. So the people who are going to pick up your, you know, your call are aware, right? You don't have to explain what it's like, why your family might be experiencing the things. You don't have to explain things like systemic racism or, you know, those things that affect us that sometimes they're not always at the forefront of what we experience, but they really do impact our mental health. And you won't have to explain that to someone who's going to answer your call at the Hope for Wellness. Right. So if we have community members who are currently on the wait list, they do receive a, a check-in call just to see maybe where they're at. And how does that call usually, how does that usually go? Yeah. So we do have a, a worker who's kind of dedicated for that right now. Um, so they're going to check in on everyone who's on the wait list. The idea is obviously to check in see how you're doing, let you know that we haven't forgotten you, but also to, to check your status, right? Because perhaps things got worse, you know, perhaps um, something else happened in between your, your call to intake and, and your wait for services. And we don't want people um, just holding on to that and just being felt, you know, feel like, well, I made the call and now I can't call again. Like, you know, so for one thing we do encourage, I think the intake worker does encourage people to call back should your situation kind of get worse. But we've also implemented this idea of of us checking on you, you know, to make sure that you know that we're on it, that your name is there. We haven't lost it or anything like that. And so hopefully that can be, you know, that can be helpful. And And sometimes when we call people, it's the opposite. They actually are like, oh, well, I don't need services anymore because maybe they did call in a little bit of a crisis and maybe they found something else. You know, a parent might say, oh, I, um, I found um, uh, resources at the school. You know, my, my, my child is now seeing a, a counselor at school or maybe I found someone on my own and now I'm using my insurance or, you know, whatever. Um, sometimes that happens too. There must be some circumstances to where people maybe call and they're inquiring about different levels of services, but then maybe they realize at some point that they're just looking for somebody to chat with essentially, which is why you guys have opened up a, a lot of these groups and you just make it very open for people to come forward and chat basically. Yeah. And so now what we're opening to mostly in response to this waitlist situation is we're going to be having a drop-in group on Monday nights at the KSCS main building on Mondays from five to seven from next week, February 20th to March 20th. So the idea, of course, is for people to just drop in. You don't have to register. You don't have to call ahead, nothing like that. You can just drop in from five to seven on Monday nights and have a safe space, you know, have somewhere to chat about what's going on. Like I said, get a bit of support from a counselor because we will have two counselors on on site, but also from peers. We kind of um, sometimes we we underestimate how helpful that can be to just have somewhere to go, have a coffee, have a snack talk about what's going on. And sometimes it brings our anxiety levels down, at least for that day, you know, at least. And, and sometimes people will be like, oh, I tried this, or I called here, or I have this app, or I've been going to the youth center gym and it's really helpful. Like just different things like that, that sometimes when we're 
kind of in that when we're in our head and we're really not feeling well, we kind of can't see those things or we know they're around, but we're like, ah, would that really be helpful? But to have someone else tell you, no, actually, it really, it really made a big difference for me, then you might want to try it. So from your perspective at KSCS, in a sense, the fact that people are using the services to the point where you guys have to implement a wait list means that people are getting the message to come forward and talk about mental health. So, you know, with KSCS and the wellness action team, you guys must be pretty happy to, you know, to know that people are seeing this, they're feeling it as well. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's in a sense, it's a good problem to have because I think the message is getting out there. I think people are feeling more comfortable, both, um, you know, people who identify as male or female, which is good because, you know, historically it's been more difficult for people who identify as male. So that's great too. We're, we're really happy to see that. And we're just happy to be a safe space. You know, it hasn't always been that way. I know that it's hard for a lot of people to reach out in general. I know that it's really hard for people to reach out to KSCS sometimes in general. And we're aware of that. It's not anything that we that we shy away from, but we're hoping that by, you know, bringing different types of messaging, different types of initiatives, that the community trusts us and recognizes that, you know, we are somewhere that you can reach out to. Um, because we have an, an amazing team of dedicated community members who work at KSCS. And that's just what they hope for too, right? Is that we feel like a like somewhere that you can turn to when you're when you're going through something. Supermarché Edia, your one-stop grocery store for your everyday needs, offering regular groceries as well as Afro-Caribbean and international food products. Looking to save money? Then Supermarché Edia is the right place for you. Located at 72 Boulevard Saint-Jean-Baptiste in Chattergay, behind the A&W. Open seven days a week. For more information, check out their website at idiasupermarket.com. That's I-D-I-A supermarket.com. For the volume of uh, requests for services right now, is KSCS noticing if it's coming from a a certain uh, segment of the community, like from our elders or maybe even our, our younger generations? Yeah, I would say a lot of it is coming from youth. I think that... Well, not I think, I know (laughs) that the pandemic was really difficult on them, right? If we think of things like, you know, not being able to go to school in person, not being able to do the activities that you love, not being able to see your friends, which we know is such a big deal when you're a, when you're a young person. That's when you're creating your identity. And now all of a sudden, you kind of don't have that anymore. Parents found it really struggling too. Like we all love our kids, but being with them all the time and maybe educating them was like a different, was a different thing. So we're definitely seeing an increase in requests for services from from youth, which again, on the one hand, can be really sad. Like you can be like, oh my gosh. But on the other hand, wow, you know, receiving services at such a young age and being able to explore yourself and be able to learn how to express yourself and express your emotions and get it out is only going to make for such a stronger, you know, population later. So it kind of depends how you look at it, but yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone is calling in (laughs) like honestly. Um, but, but we have to say that, you know, we have seen a an increase in in requests from youth for sure. And the wellness action team, I'm just bringing that up again, because that goes hand in hand with what's going on, because certain members of the wellness action team will look at specific segments of the community, if you will, or or certain organizations, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, the work that we had started with the wellness action team is exactly that, right? It's making sure that we have all the different 
organizations of the EDC, but also grassroots groups. And the idea was to make sure that every segment, so if we think of our youth, if we think of our teachers, if we think of our employees, because that was a hard one too, right? A lot of people's jobs were upended and and different things. If we think of our elders, or of course, of our, our population of people who were already struggling with persistent mental health, that was even worse, right? Or or people who were early in recovery or, or who were experiencing substance misuse, like that was a really rough, this was a really rough time. So for sure. So right now um, we have different projects going on with the wellness action team that we're keeping up. Part of the awareness part of it, I guess, is that we're building a trauma team. So, you know, a lot of people say like, well, I, you know, I don't even really know what I'm feeling, or like, I don't know why I'm feeling it, or I don't know why my family is the way they are, or whatever, right? And oftentimes, we want to give as much information to people as possible. And so we're building this trauma team, where we're in these uh, members of the trauma team are going to be able to have more community workshops on trauma, on why is it? Why is it with our particular history in Gahnawage, with our uh, particular history as Indigenous people, as well as all the different things that have happened, why does it affect us in the way that it does? And why does it affect us perhaps differently as it does another group? Because people really, there really is an awakening when people experience that type of workshop. Because again, it's like, oh, I get it now. And it removes the shame and it removes the idea that either you're a problem your family's a problem, you know, that's not it. It's that things happened and this is a response to it. But what can we do to try to respond differently? And so we're building this trauma team so that not only certain segments of the population receive this type of workshop, but everyone, you know? If if somebody is listening to this podcast and thinking, you know, they're, they're kind of in between, they're, they're feeling a little bit more stressed out than normal. They're not quite sure if they want to call for mental health services. They're trying to maybe evaluate themselves just to try and bring down some everyday stress levels. What kind of recommendations would you be able to offer to those types of uh, community members? I know earlier you were talking about how some of the feedback from community members was that they've either joined a gym Mm -hmm. or different things like that. So what type of recommendations would you would you offer on that front? Well, I would definitely offer what I would suggest is that people super easy sheet of paper, put it into four quadrants, mental, emotional, spiritual and physical. And just look at where am I at in those areas? What am I doing for my physical health? Am I moving my body? And I'm not talking about workouts to get in shape and like beach body type stuff. I'm just talking about have I moved my body? Because we don't, you know, we, we don't um, always think of the uh, mind-body connection, right? When we're really in our head and we're stressed out, we don't realize how much it impacts our body and also how much physical activity can help de-stress, right? So just moving, a little bit of yoga, a walk, breath work. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, extreme. It's just being aware of where does the, bo- where does the stress hit my body and how might I be able to help that tension get out? So I would suggest that. And then if you look at your emotional, huh, have I been kind of sad lately? You know, like how have I been feeling? Have I been more angry? And no emotion is a bad emotion. It's just that if it's one that's kind of, you know, not helping you function, if it's something that's taking a lot of space more than you want to, well, then look at that. And where does that come from? And what might I do to address that? Should I talk to a friend? 
Should I watch a Netflix episode that I love, something that makes me like happy, you know, something that de-stresses me? Should I take a tub? Like whatever it is for you, you know, that. And then in the spiritual, that can mean anything, right? It can mean, did I did I connect with nature today? Like, did I even go outside? Do I, did I see a tree? Like, did I, you know, like it doesn't have to be, am I grounded? Do I feel like I was thankful today? Did I, did I recognize anything today that I could be thankful for? You know, and then in mental, well, it's like, am I spinning? Like, is, is my mind going? Am I putting too many things on my to-do list? Am I not taking time for myself? Am I not challenging myself mentally, you know, like maybe I'm in a funk and I need to read a good book or something, you know, that can mean anything for anyone, but those are just examples. And as we start kind of touching each one of those, because each one is just as important as the other one. So counseling, great, right? But also move your body and also sit on the ground and also take a breath. And also, you know, so those kinds of things, I find that that's the most helpful when people kind of look at those four quadrants, see where they are. And in the areas where you're doing well, great, just keep doing it. And in the areas where maybe it's a little bit lower, what could I do that would be helpful? Is this something that, you know, parents could use to apply to their children if they're noticing certain behaviors are changing at this time of year or any time, like mental health noticing that is taking effect? Is that something that an exercise that parents could do with them? Absolutely, you know, and I know as parents, look, it's tough. Okay. We got our own stuff going on. You got work. You got the homework with the kids. You got Valentine's Day today. Oh my gosh. Did I get cards for every kid in my class? Like there's just so much. Is my kid moving? Like you're thinking about stuff all the time. And kids, it's like that too, right? And kids have big emotions and sometimes they don't even know what they're feeling, why they're feeling it. And it comes out as behaviors that are hard for us. It's just the truth. A lot of us our kids' behaviors trigger us, right? Because it's like, I'm already overwhelmed and your screaming is driving me absolutely crazy. Like, it's just the truth, you know? But it's to literally take a step back and be like, hmm, there must be a need under there. What is it? What can I see beyond the tantrum right now? What is the need? Are they hungry? Did they not drink today? You know, um, are they overtired? Did we go to bed too late last night? Do they just need a hug? Like, do they just need to be told like, it's okay. I got it. I know. Okay. I know. Maybe we did too much today. Maybe there was, you were overwhelmed, you know? And then, yeah, look at those different. And for kids, it can even be for us too. But for kids, it has a bigger impact, the type of things of, did they have a healthy snack? Like, are they hungry? Are they tired? You know, it affects us too. But for them, it, it comes out in these like, you know, kind of behaviors that are difficult for us. And so for sure, I would suggest that parents kind of look at, as much as possible, it's not perfect, but to look at the need under the behavior. Because usually once we kind of fulfill the need, then the behavior just goes away itself anyway, because that's what they needed, right? So if if and when the situation changes with the, the need for the wait list, I'm sure that the community can expect some updates coming from uh, KSCS uh, as soon as possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll always make sure that, you know, the community is up to date and, and that we don't you kind of leave them in, in limbo. Was there any other updates or anything else, maybe any projects that you're working on that you wanted to talk about quickly? 
Well, like I said, that that Monday night drop-in group is new. And so you can check our our social media pages for that because we'll have the ads out for that. But also, um, we're in the middle of reviewing our strategic plan at KSCS. And so we're we're updating it. And so next next week on February 23rd, we're actually going to have a community input session upstairs at the Legion Hall. And so I would love if people came by, either people who have actually accessed our services or who are wondering or who have ideas for us, right? Who are like, hey, I'm not seeing this. Or in other communities, they have this. And I would love to see that. Um, we feel, and I think I've mentioned this through the wellness action team too, like we feel like we have a good a good pulse on the community, but we can't know everything. And people have such great ideas on what might be helpful for them. And we would love, you know, because one of our key priority areas is to be like people-centered and community-driven. Well, please, like we want to put together initiatives or ideas that might be helpful to you and your family. So please, if you can, if you're comfortable, if you could come out to the community input session on February 23rd in the morning, there's a really nice breakfast available for people and just come and give us your feedback, you know, because, you know, sometimes like every other org, we'll get like feedback on Facebook, (laughs) which then is not the most helpful. Let's just put it that way because it, you know, it kind of distracts from what we might actually be able to do to help you. And so um, we want to hear those kinds, any kind of feedback, you know. Alana, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for coming in today and sharing this very important information with our community. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. Nyaokoa. Ana. Thanks for listening to the Yurdiwaze Front Page Podcast. Be sure to check out our other podcasts like your DWZ Profiles, Meatheads, and The Beating Table on Google and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your DWZ and its employees.